Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. Hey, 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 happy Saturday morning, Portland. The pack is back, baby. Will, what's happening, my man? I didn't like that. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Darkins. That was intense. You know what? The Pac-12 is back. Except for the two games that got canceled. But it's back, baby. It is Woo! back. Four games are back except for the two that got canceled because of a yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't need that. 9 no. a.m. kick, man. We got, Dude, do you see the Coliseum? They are ready for football. On the field, not in the stands, because, you know, of course, no fans. But on the field, they're mostly ready for a game. Is and, it? Like, the studio show yeah. wasn't there because of COVID, uh, so nobody was actually in the studio. That's right. Getting you ready for the game. So we have to do it right now, like, really quickly, because the game's starting literally right now. Yeah. But, yeah, we're ready. Woo! The it is, the it is COVID stuff. kind of weird seeing the Coliseum empty. It's super weird. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen any of these stadiums empty, right? Like you don't do the flyover. Here was last night before the game. And now seeing the Coliseum, seeing uh, the Quest uh, CenturyLink field, seeing, you know, all of these, Autzen's going to be super bizarre. Autzen's the one stadium I have seen empty. I've been in Autzen Stadium, but I haven't seen the flyover and watching the the preview of the game. It's, it's bizarre, but you watch... NFL or college football, man, that's what you get. Now, the Duck game, I will say, the one thing that I think everybody will have their eyes glued on is the new scoreboard. Oh, sure. Yeah. Everybody? Big A. I don't know if I can say big ass. Yeah, I think you just did. Oh, crap. Ah! (laughs) Stop it. Um, No. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I think a lot of people will be focusing on. And I bet you anything, if it becomes kind of a uh, taxing game, like uh, it looks like Oregon is pulling ahead quite a bit or it gets boring. Ooh. How much time? Ooh, I'll, I'll give you a quick preview right now. That's not going to happen. How much time will the broadcasters then divert to the scoreboard talking about the really minute things about it? Because that's what they do in these kind of games, right? Like if it eh. does happen, if you're if, if one team's blown another team out, you then have to start kind of shifting to some other subject related to the game. Who's broadcasting the game on television? For the Ducks? Yeah. Uh, Street. Uh, oh, really? yeah, that's an ABC game. Yeah, it's the big game. These guys are professionals. They, first of all, they don't care about the odds and stadium renovations. You don't think so? No. Isn't Herb Street the one who said uh, Oregon, and this was quite a long time ago, Oregon is like the Paris Hilton of college football <laughs> nobody knows why they're famous and then he got totally just shellacked later for that because they're like I don't oh yeah it's because they won good. all those games yeah it's i pretty, do remember that it's line a pretty good line uh well listen they they care about fashion as much as they care about uh football for a long period of uh, their history the funny thing is when you look ahead to today's game stanford is not the team with the front seven that should be feared or the offensive line that should be feared the ground and pound game. That's going to come after you. That's Oregon. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bit of a switch in philosophy and from all accounts, I mean, we haven't seen any of these people play football, so we don't know, but by all accounts, Stanford wants to air it out. Davis mills, just go out and throw it to his slew of wide receivers. They've got 12 wide receivers that are better than your wide receivers. I don't care what team you are. Oh. You, oh, anybody you listening. Me. Well, yeah, you. I was going to say, I don't have any. Well, you're wearing your Beavs sweatshirt. Oh, you meant my team. I thought you meant I me meant personally. Every, I oh. meant everybody's team. Man, the, if you hear somebody from Stanford talk about. Yeah. I, I always like to do the, the tiptoeing through the, uh, the blogosphere and read the uh, fan site for the other team. It's one of my favorite ways to prepare for these games. There are 12 deep at wide receiver that are better than your team. And I don't care who your team is. If you could be Clemson, Alabama, Oregon, Oregon State, I don't If you're listening to my voice right now, mm. Stanford thinks their top 12 receivers are better than your best receiver. Jerk. And they have this, uh, you know, this Davis Mills kid who was at one time the greatest recruit in the country at the quarterback position. That's correct. He but was the coveted. Yeah. He was the prize pig at the fair. Can I say that? Just did. Okay. Dump. Uh, except for that quarterback. And I don't want to get it too deep into game analysis. This early That's in the all show. we're doing today, man. It's ducks game day. Tyler Shuck. What about him? That's going to be interesting. This is kind of the moment of truth. I know we've seen kind of flashes of Tyler Shuck before in other games, kind of doing some cleanup duty. And No, we haven't seen flashes. We've seen glimpses. Glimpses, yeah. Flashes are when it's like, man, this guy's going to be something great. He hasn't played in big moments. Well, but we have seen the raw talent there, and I guess that's what everybody is kind of waiting but, for but, with this game. But, do we Do we know that he's starting? Oh, right. Yeah, I listen to it. Now, I will say that's one of the things I do. Uh, I, I've actually grown to enjoy about Mario Cristobal because oh. I did watch the, or listen to the coach's show and uh, they were asking him. Uh, airing after this. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Um, and they asked him, they go, who is it? Who's it going to be behind center? Like that was Anthony their first Brown, question. Tyler Shuck. Who's it going to be? It was like uh, it was like uh, sixty minutes, you know. <laughs> Tell we me an answer. And he was like, "Well, we're just going to have to, you know, see till game day. We have a plan, but you know, sometimes that plan can shift." And I was like, "Wow, dude, you've gotten really good at the non-answer." <laughs> he he trained. At Alabama. Yeah. Come on, man. I know. He's, he's gotten really good at the, like, and it's not even like a Nick Saban answer where there's, like, a little hint in there. And yeah. Belichick does that, too, where he'll put, like, a small hint in. There'll be a riddle. Yeah, but you can't really pinpoint it down. Cristobal is literally giving you the answer of, like, the back of your shampoo bottle. Like, it's just instructions. And you're like, okay, yeah, great. If you get in what your do eye, I ascertain from that? If you get in your eye, you're going to want to rinse it out thoroughly with water. Hey, oh, yeah, it's true. Um, two two games canceled. Two games. Two games canceled in the Pac-12. One earlier this week, another one uh, midday yesterday. Should we? Do people know the breaking news? The breaking news of today. It's not in sports. Go ahead. It's official. Joe Biden, your next president. Yeah, there you go. He is president, and that that is was based- moments. That was moments before the show. I I know that. Listen. Ducks are number one here. I don't care what's going on in the country. But in case you haven't seen it, if you just tuned in, you woke up. If your morning routine is wake up, 9 a.m. on Saturdays, turn on coffee. No, oh, not even before that. Turn on the center of the saint, (laughs) then go about your business. Yeah. So this is the first thing that you're doing. Yeah. We should probably tell you that, uh, yeah, Pennsylvania has been given to Joe Biden and therefore 273 electoral votes. Uh, And just to clarify what this news actually is. Uh, it is that media organizations have called it. Uh, yeah. Just to clarify, not every vote has been counted yet, yes. but several media organizations are now calling it. Quite true. Quite, quite true. And, of course, there's still 7,000 lawsuits out there, so we don't need to update you on that, but in case this is your only news source, you're welcome. Um so, two games canceled for coronavirus in the Pac-12, but we still have four games being played underway right now, Arizona State, USC. Um, I think the big thing to look at will be, you know, if this just goes and mucks up everything on the schedule. But I heard something this week, and uh, I, I wish I could remember who said it. It might have been Dirt. It might have been Andy Dirt Johnson. Are you sure it wasn't me? Yes. Oh, okay. Quite sure. Might have been Andy Dirt Johnson. I'll I'll give him credit for it, even if he didn't say it, because I thought it was poignant. You're welcome, Dirt. Just with this college football season, just enjoy every game that you get. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah. I think you also have to come into this uh, college football Pac-12 season, especially with that attitude, yeah. because you have to assume that even if you go 5-0, five, 6-0, five and, oh, and, oh, and I say 5-0 and oh because there might be more games canceled, um, yeah. even if you go undefeated, there's a very, 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 very strong chance you will not make the well, college football but, playoff. But you know what? And, it, and it's not even that. Just don't worry about it. Today, Oregon Stanford. Yes. Today, Washington State, Oregon State. Today, Arizona State, USC. That's right. You know, I mean, you you you, you may not get a lot of these this year. Enjoy it. I, I You know, until today, maybe last night, I was kind of apprehensive about it. And the college football season has been very much dismissed by us and many other people, probably just on the West Coast. I, I imagine that in Clemson, South Carolina, they are still just as excited about college football as they always are. 
Uh, but it feels like a real week of college football this week uh, because we have Pac-12 games on the schedule. So yeah. be, be excited. Enjoy the game. Don't look ahead too far. And look outside at the weather. I hate I, because we do do this. We talk about the weather in the first segment. <laughs> you said doo-doo. Yes. Uh, the weather today is totally Pac-12 football weather. It just kind of is. Now, you can uh, debate me on that and give me your weather football power rankings. Oh. Like number one, sun, Snow. sunny. Oh, oh, wait, for playing or for viewing? For, play, for playing and okay. viewing. Okay. Sunny, yeah. Sunny's number one? Oh, Sunny's number one. Whoa. Let me tell you something. No. Playing in the sun? It's pretty easy. <laughs> Watching football while it's sunny out? No. Also awesome. No. I, you know what I would take? What? I'll take that same day. Dusk. Oh, you like dusk. I'm a big fan of watching a football game at dusk and those early, my only experience is high school football, granted. But as the lights come on, as the game is progressing, you get underway as the sun is setting. I, I'll take dusk. So you like the Rose Bowl effect. Yeah. Because that buddy. actually and is you know my what? favorite that's, part. That's the image yeah. in my head is the Rose Bowl. That's my favorite part of the Rose Bowl is the fact that they start it late enough that like once you get to the end of the third quarter, like it's dark. And Oregon, it's awesome. Oregon's chrome helmets with the ever-changing color of the sky mm. in Pasadena. Mm. That was a very, very cool visual. It was just a pretty visual. So it's then I got on my power rankings number two, right? Yeah. What you got outside right now, which is cold, overcast, not raining, little bit of sun. Yeah. Sun breaks. Sun, sun breaks. Followed <laughs> by sun breaks. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Where are you, where are you going next? Three. Rain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Rain's pretty cool to watch Wait, college football in. Sure. Mm. And playing it, it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, wind or rain? Wh- which would you? I mean, because I don't, I don't know what you have. Here's the thing is I don't know what categories you're going. Like in a tornado, tough. I, granted. Sleet, hail. Are they? Are they well, they're really the- bottom of the list. Yeah. I okay. Mean, like tornado is like last. <laughs> Hurricane? Oh, Third. I mean, if it even makes the power rankings. That's what I'm saying. So I don't I don't know what which I don't know which weather elements are making it into your power ranking. So I'll just, You'll just, just have to keep tuning in and find out. All right. Here's what I will say though. At the, the end whole of every segment, thing, he'll give you another weather. Yeah. I here's what I'll say about the whole wind thing though, and I will relate back to Pac 12's early start, is that I thought this from the very beginning when they were like, We're gonna start in November, I said that kind of sucks as a player because of the fact that if you are in the Northwest, if you're not fortunate enough to be like SC and you know, you play in the sun all year, um, it really does suck playing in the cold. And it is really nice to have like three or four of your games in the season be like sunny because yeah. if you play in Oregon, like your first two or three home games, you will be playing in the sun. You might encounter rain, but for the most part, you will be playing on a warm day, which is awesome. So now you have to start your season in this cold, frigid weather. And I'm telling you as a former player, it is awful playing in the cold. Yeah. That is one of the parts I hate most about week eight, week nine. It is freezing and you are tired and beat up and you are just like, you want to win. But at the same time, there's a part of you like, I really wish I didn't have to play in this weather. <laughs> so this year in Oregon and Southwest Washington, we'll see high school football in the spring. There's something about the what you just said right there that is going to be reversed, which is, you start with nice weather games and then you slowly move into the worst weathers where now your final few games are played in the worst weather that you have all year. There's just something so football about that. 
You go into the spring and you start your first practice in February and then you end your games in May and your best weather is expected to be your final game. How does that sit for you? It feels very wrong. Yeah. It feels like all and this it feels, feels weird, but, it, but just that weird. It feels wrong. There's something wrong about it. It's like, ah, finally, just one more game left. This 80 degree weather sure is nice. I mean, I get you want to play the Super Bowl in Florida, but there's something wrong with the weather getting better as the football season progresses. But we'll save that conversation until the spring. For right now, we need to get into Oregon Stanford right here on the fan 430 kick. Uh, we'll start there next. It is the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Oh. 503-250-1080 is the fan text line, and that's where you can share informative thoughts like this one. I just saw a 1967 dragnet where Joe Friday met a hobo informant at midfield of the Rose Bowl at night. So I saw footage of the empty stadium and learned that hobos could just walk in there at night. Um, Let me just say kudos to you, Texter, for still watching Dragnet. Yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe you were... Because I, there's no way in hell they're broadcasting on TV. I don't know what channel's playing old Dragnet episodes. Uh, don't they still have, like, the... T- they, aren't there... <laughs> I, I, I would imagine you'd have to get your VHS no, out. No, 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 no. I believe there is a slew of networks that just show old television shows. Yeah, but that's a real old one. Drag I get it. It's like yeah, no. 70s. So I didn't even know we had these, and I no longer have any television connection to my home. Everything is done through internet. But for a little while, we just went down to the basic, like, your three network stations. I think we had Discovery. And then we had... A bunch of channels I didn't even know existed, and I didn't know that we had until my mother-in-law came to visit, and she sat down on the couch, uh, or stayed on the couch because her knee was hurting her, and so she didn't want to go upstairs, so she slept on the couch, and she stayed up all night flipping through these channels I didn't know existed. All they showed was old television. So you'd come downstairs or into the living room at any point of the day, and she would have on something like Dragnet. I think I know the channel you're talking about. Bonanza would be on, yeah. Three's Company. It would just be like, what the hell is this? So you had uh, basic network cable, which yeah, that's gave a- you all the networks, and then Fox, and then maybe you have you know three other channels or something. Yeah, but then, it, then there was like six channels of just like yeah. basically TV land. So I used to see some of those uh, when I worked over at KPTV Fox 12 Oregon as a news producer. They would have all the local channels up on big monitors in the newsroom. And one of them was this channel, like, it was like a sub-channel. You know how there's like now there's like channel 3 and then 3.2? No, I did not know <laughs> yeah. that. Wait, really? Yeah, and it's this channel that when I was coming into work, because I would work overnight sometimes, they would play uh, – uh, uh, what was that show? The Prairie House. Oh, uh, Little House on the Little Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, they, they would. would play it for three straight hours. Can't get enough. So, of it. like two a.m., I'd be watching it, like waiting to write something. Just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And and does it hold up? No. <laughs> it really doesn't. Not good. Uh, uh, looking at this uh, SC Arizona State game. Yeah. Uh, muffed. 
punt return already. There you go. And uh, Arizona State up 3 nothing. See, I think this is kind of something that really needs to be watched. And I'm sure this narrative is already out there, but I'm really starting to watch it uh, in this game and all the Pac-12 games uh, to come is the sloppiness of play. Yep. Uh, you know, we kind of talked about it with the NBA when they started to go back into the bubble, and that really never came to fruition uh, because, newsflash, uh, they're professionals. Yeah, weird. These are amateurs for the most part. Uh, they're still at a very high amateur level. They're college football players. But the rust still stands. That is the reason that they play spring football because as much as players hate playing spring football, and believe me, they hate playing it, uh, it is essential to keep you in the game, not only mentally but physically. And I'm telling you, without that spring football, or at least a large portion of it, you're walking into a protracted season in November where these guys are going to be making unforced errors. Well, and we just so you said muffed punt was yes. that a fumble on the goal line that there was, yeah. as well? So you have that. So uh, Arizona State gets the ball back uh, on a touchback, the uh, reaching over the goal line fumble into the end zone. So there's two two mistakes right there already. Um, Let's talk about Oregon-Stanford in that context. Well, and I'll tell you that, for Tyler Shuck, I think well, that's going to be kind of the thing is not only do you top uh, the the time of waiting to play, but also the inexperience. So Tyler Shuck mm -hmm. is playing behind an entirely new offensive line yeah. and playing for a new offensive coordinator. So now not only do you not have spring football, mm. you don't have really a training camp. You don't have reps. You don't have practice reps and... There's a reason they schedule non-conference opponents early yeah. in the season. Yeah. I mean, this is this one, I, I'm not sure what you're going to get. I mean, what is your faith in what you know of Joe Moorhead and Mario Cristobal as a leader? Well, I think for the most part, you have to expect that the uh, playing field in terms of talent and competition will be evened out by that fact that People are out of practice. Players are physically not quite there. But you have Davis Mills, who's a third year. Uh, he's played for three years. He's been injured. He hasn't finished an entire season, but he's sure. at least gotten reps in three college football season. He's a senior. Yeah. Uh, the other part of this, too, with Joe Moorhead's offense is that uh, a lot of the time you might think that, oh, well, if they're throwing the ball a lot and you're spreading out a lot of people, it might be a very confusing offense. On the contrary, for the most part, with those air raid offenses, a lot of the mental work happens with the receivers and the quarterback. You know, mm. the protections for most of the offensive line are incredibly easy because it's always pass protect and you're always passing off to the tackle because you want to create a pocket. So for the most part, conceptually, that's not too hard. I'm just telling you, with that offense and what he did over at Mississippi State when it came to just the high pace of what they did, you're going to see a lot of gassed guys. Mm. Uh, we should clip that. You're going to see a lot of gassed guys uh, if they want to go up-tempo to begin with. But, you know, as we saw with the offense of what uh, Mario Cristobal did last season, you know, they weren't so much about the tempo. So now you have to kind of question, will they start to incorporate that tempo uh, and kind of change their identity as an offense when it comes to the season? There's so many unanswered questions. Yes. That's the other crazy part about this Pac-12 season is the fact that all these other uh, conferences and teams are playing. This is it. This is our kickoff. Yes, it is. Well, and there's there's you can look at historicals all you want, but all of that is out of the window for a litany of reasons that we just went through right there. But one of the things about the Stanford Cardinal mm. under David Shaw is they are notorious slow starters. 
I mean, they had they have games every year in their their opening uh, non-conference slate where they lay an egg. And they may win those games, but they'll go out and have a complete slog. So it'll be very interesting to see what they can do. But there's a lot of unknowns on that side as well. They're missing their best offensive lineman, uh, not as good as uh, Penny Sewell, but not far off of that. Um, they do not have the 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 defense and the the secondary, especially their safeties. I think is a really weak position for them. Um, it'll it'll just be interesting to see what you get in this game. We'll do our preview of the game and what we expect to see in it because I think that this game could end up being a very crazy finish if uh, if it if it plays out the way that I see it in my head. Um, I, but we, I can't believe you're seeing it play out in your head. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have no idea what to expect. I, well, and uh, I guess we'll talk about that. I, but we, like, we definitely do. We'll yeah. do that in hour two. We do need to talk some NFL. There have been uh, major COVID punishments handed down. So uh, we will talk about uh, that uh, before we get to good versus evil. But first, we need to bring you this college football scoreboard update. Who did love the dog, though? Still don't know. Still don't know. We never found an answer. Did I ever tell you the story with me and this song? No, but I'm very excited about it. So, when I played peewee football, and let me just... Uh, you were awesome. Let me just uh, go ahead and clarify what peewee meant for me. Okay. Eighth grade. Eighth grade? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, 13 yeah. years old. Yeah. Not So, not peewee. Jun- not peewee. For the junior high. Junior. Yeah, medium for, junior football for the the Little Lake Middle School Pirates. Or That's whatever right. Were. They would play this song as we came on the field. And at 13 years old, I remember thinking to myself, I think I'm too old for this. About <laughs> grown this. I'm yeah. too mature for this song. Yeah. And I wasn't that mature. But really? This, but this? You're not that mature now. I'm incredibly mature. Ah! I would question that statement. Insanely mature. Yeah. Well, the reason this is in our rotation is because my daughters discovered it. And I I still, when I find the person who introduced it to them, uh, they will be murdered. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to listen to this earlier this week, and you just went back through our catalog of songs and selected that again so you could tell your junior high story. I also just love that song. Yes, you do. It gets me Not- hyped. You were too mature for then, but now, right, right your wheel out. Well, now you know how this works out. Well, now it's a classic. Yeah, you know how it works out, man. Yeah, well, my uh, two almost four-year-olds uh, convinced my wife to play it, so I came into the living room this week. I'm like, what? why the hell are we playing that? Oh, they asked for it. I'm like, ugh. How many times have you listened to it? And I think she was playing, like, one of the club remixes where they just – repeat the who let the dogs out line with like extra bass again and again and again. And, uh, and yeah, so no, I no longer live there. Uh, 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. Somebody texting in who let the sheep out is what they play in Corvallis because, um, the, yeah, the gay sheep getting stolen story. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody really references that anymore when I meet them and they're, and I tell them and they're like, where'd you go to college? And I'm like, Oh, Oregon state. It really used to be the fact that, like, when I was in college. That was the only meet, thing. When I would meet people from other schools, the two things were, wait, is that the duck one? And i go, no. <laughs> and then they would go, wait, is that the one where the two guys stole the gay sheep? And I'd go, yes, that one. <laughs> That's the one. 
Oh, you know, they, they have different histories. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is that where Animal House was filmed? Oh. No, no, no. That was Oregon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, the gay sheep? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's us. That. That's us. You guys have that wine place that you think is just okay, but everybody else thinks is great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, NFL. Mm. So you have been out uh, in public speaking about this already that the NFL doesn't care about COVID. They're just going to fight their way through the season. Well, the NFL levied some pretty hefty fines, including the Raiders losing a draft pick. Oh, goodness. A sixth round draft pick. Oh, darn it. <laughs> uh, but Mike Tomlin uh, fined, John Gruden fined, the Raiders fined uh, large sums of money for not following the protocol. Now, what I'd like to read you is John Gruden uh, was asked a question about how he thinks his team is handling these protocols. Yes. Have you heard? These, I have. Have you heard Go these ahead. words? I'm just very proud to say, very proud of our organization, how we've all handled this entire protocol and this entire process. And I'm going to come. I'm not going to comment any further. Coach John Gruden said, I believe we're on the cutting edge of being the best at servicing players. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Trent Brown uh, was tested positive for COVID and then uh, was uh, found not to have been wearing his tracking bracelet. So they had to get rid of their entire offensive line for a week leading up to a game against Tampa Bay. Then uh, he ended up getting sick again, and now he's back in COVID protocol three weeks later. The, yeah. Ra the Raiders are the example. What's yeah, that? the Raiders are the example, but the Raiders are also the example of, uh, you know, four other teams to uh, basically just do what the Raiders are doing. I mean, did we really expect – what is the worst punishment that the NFL could do, do you think, Within reason, that wouldn't piss an owner off. Yeah, that would also send a message. Well, I mean, the Titans situation earlier this year when they had to, you know, miss games and were found to be having practices outside of the facilities because their facilities were shut down. That ended with what kind of fines? None. Oh yeah, none. Oh yeah, no fines. So the the whole idea that they're trying to tiptoe around and not piss off owners is interesting because, of course. You know, Mark Davis is pissed about this. But, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. you take away a late-round draft pick and a few hundred thousand dollars in fines. You put a number with six digits in, and most people in the public go, oh, my God, that's a ton of money. That's not John Gruden's getting paid, no. what, $10 million a year for 10 yeah. years? That is um, maybe the price of, like, a game of concessions. <laughs> maybe. Uh, they're not selling any concessions right now that's true uh i will say this i i, I think that you're going to just see the raiders do this again and i think you'll see other teams see this example from the nfl administer or administrative offices and basically say oh we can do that too yeah so who cares uh and i think that it's just the kind of example that you set now if you reference it back to the nba the nba had created a controlled environment where you could make some very real consequences happen which is if you break the rules we're kicking your ass out of this bubble yeah bye and oh by the way if you're not playing that means you're not picking up a check technically uh in the nfl they're basically not even targeting players, but so much just whole organizations. And as you said before, $100,000 for an NFL team 
is basically like you and I having to pay a traffic ticket that's two fifty. That's two dollars fifty cents. Yeah, so I was gonna like, say no, it's not two hundred and fifty dollars because no. I'd be like, eh. no, no, man. Yeah, that's like that's like us like getting to our car late and be like, getting no, a parking fine. Like, yeah. Oh, two fifty. Two fifty. Would it cost Let me more? Let me see if I it have that. Would cost me more than that to park? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that it's just gonna create this vicious cycle. We're gonna have teams see this and then feel emboldened to basically break the rules. Now they're not gonna go out and just break the rules for the hell of it. It's just. More to the point that, like, oh, if we can get competitive advantages by kind of ignoring some of the provisions that have been set, we're going to do it. I'm not saying the Raiders are now going to send out emails to all their players and go, oh, don't wear masks anymore. Well, but that, if it benefits them in some weird way, they'll probably ignore it. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, I mean, John Gruden, if he doesn't want to wear a mask and he doesn't mind paying a $300,000 fine, he's probably not going to wear a mask. And, and I, yeah, think it's, yeah. I think it's funny too because I don't know if uh, if it's on the scoreboard in the uh, in the stadiums, but have you noticed how often the camera will pan over to an NFL head coach and then all of a sudden they're putting on their mask? Yeah, hey, you're on TV. Oh, I know. So. And you know, I I think it's tough for them, and I, I don't want to crap on NFL uh, coaches too much for this because I, I it is funny that they do that, and I agree, but it's also to the point that like. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Like, if I was an NFL coach, yeah, it would be really hard for me to keep a mask on because so much of what you do, and, and I mean, unless you're David Shaw, so much of what you do is emote to players. Like, you have to show emotion to some type of sure. players to either create urgency or try to change something that they're doing on the field. I mean, David Shaw and Bill Belichick are the only two coaches I can think of where, like, <laughs> It seems like they're not even there, but Just like, stone-faced. yeah, they effectively coach players. I don't get it. But yeah. for most uh, coaches, like well, Pete, Pete Carroll yeah. is a perfect example of what you're trying to say. Pete Carroll, right. Pete Carroll is always putting his max mask back on. He's trying. He was fine early on. Uh, I think in the, after the first game, he was fine for not wearing his mask. Mm. But that guy, not only is he running up and down, cheering with his players, screaming at referees, he's also chewing the world's largest wad of, of chewing gum. So, yeah, there's there's a whole lot going on there. And the, the mask is just one more thing to to bug these guys. Um, but the, the other thing is, you know, none of the players are wearing it. None of the, the you know, all week you're trying to stay away from all the people that you can be in contact with. You're mm. taking tests. So I think probably a lot of them just go, really, this is the thing that we're going to worry about. But the reason is they want people to tune in and see the NFL is taking this seriously. We should take it seriously, too, which is not. It's not. You know what? I, I get it. I will make this a short point just because I think it's it, it needs to be made. Uh, if you were doing that initially, then, you know, one of your teams would have hired Colin Kaepernick. Wow. Um, Maybe one of your teams that's auditioning quarterbacks right now yeah. and the head coach was on the opposite sideline yeah. when Colin, Colin Kaepernick took the uh, game over by running right. more yards than any quarterback has ever run in a playoff game. And you sat there and went, oh, that's disappointing for us. You would create longer suspensions for players yeah. who have been caught on camera committing domestic violence. Oh, yeah. uh, you would. I mean, Joe Mixon would yeah. not be in the league. No. Uh, so uh, the whole notion that the NFL is trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> trying Create to broadcast, image, yeah. yeah, right. Trying to broadcast some type of concern for the coronavirus I think is, is ridiculous. I don't, well, I don't that, think they really care about it so much as yeah. what you're saying. 
They just want people to turn the TV on so they can get the revenue. Yeah, well, and I think the idea is that they want to go, hey, we're taking this seriously, so don't condemn us for going out and playing. We're trying. Yeah, right. We're doing our best with this COVID thing. That's that's what these fines represent to me. And I just love John Gruden's comments where he's like, yeah, we're doing a great job. Yeah. Well, the alternate reality, right? The ultimate. Really? Oh, let me tell you something. Uh, I'm Actually, so proud of these guys. I'm, literally, I'm so proud of these guys, the nobody, way that they're handling it. Nobody in this room has gotten the coronavirus. No one. Yeah. I me. mean, I know you've heard me. reports, but. Yeah, come on. Come on. We're doing great. Seriously. Everybody is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get back into Ducks, Stanford. We'll get back into Pac-12 football. We'll talk a little bit of NBA there, trying to figure out a start date. Uh, we'll do that in hour two. But next, it is good versus evil right here on the center and the saint on 1080 the fan and radio.com have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week what has happened to the, what has happened what has happened to the national interest no time to form your own opinions i stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times well no worries brah <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. Paul could have done a better job. And that goes from Major League Baseball to the Dodgers to Justin to our personnel. I think we could have all done better. That was the skipper, Dave Roberts. The MLB has decided not to punish Justin Turner for returning to the field to celebrate the Dodgers World Series win. Turner was supposed to be in isolation after testing positive for the coronavirus, but league officials say teammates encouraged him to leave quarantine for a very, very, very public photo op. (laughs) Turner ended up apologizing and baseball, well, they accepted. Are you okay with this whole thing ending as it did, or do you think there should be harder repercussions for Turner? Uh, the the stranger thing to me in the entire scenario was that Justin Turner played most of that baseball game. They pulled him out in the seventh or eighth inning, and then he came back to celebrate. You don't win World, World Series very often, considering the Dodgers haven't won it since 1988 until this year. And it was already one of the stranger seasons ever. You didn't have a home ball field. You didn't have your fans there. You didn't have all of these opportunities to get it. But you win a World Series. He was in the game for most of it, and he came back out. So that doesn't bother me. How the hell does he have a non-conclusive test and then take another test, and they wait an hour and a half for results before pulling him out of the game. So whatever the investigation goes to that, I don't think Justin Turner necessarily owes an apology, um, but I'm guessing that there was some funny business going on in the background of that. So, uh, yeah, you 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 know you didn't have to play a game tomorrow because you just won the World Series. Uh, The fact that guys are going to have to come back early, I think load management is going to be a key theme for the first month, month or two, and and people are just going to have to understand that because at the end of the day, we saw great playoffs this year, uh, very high energy and, and great competition. And if we want that this upcoming season, these guys are going to have to somehow find some time to rest. That was Jerry Curful Life member Matt Barnes. There appears to be an agreement on the start date of a new season in the NBA. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports that players are expected to approve the league's ask for a December 22nd tip-off. Many players and stars were initially pushing for a January 18th start, as we talked about last week. 
There's a lot of money on the line when it comes to a January 20, uh, excuse me, January 18th and December 22nd start. How severely do you expect the level of play to dip with this earlier start? I, I, the way I said it last week is just play your top 15 guys instead of your top eight guys. Uh, I don't need to see LeBron James play on Christmas Day to make a, a December start worth it. He's but got, I'd like to see him play on December. Yeah, listen, if he plays 15 minutes, great, but you'd rather see him in the playoffs. And if you're the Lakers, you're not going to go and roll out your aging star to play 48 minutes a game. It's it's To me, it makes sense. You, you have teams like the Golden State Warriors, Atlanta Hawks, whoever else, haven't played a game since March. You have the Heat and the Lakers who just finished yesterday. I, I get that it's going to be difficult to figure out a way to do it, but if you want to get the league started, I believe the way that it works is that the owners and the players share the revenue that the league takes in. Do whatever you have to do to get as much revenue as you can. You're not going to have a normal season again in 2021. So get through it the best that you can. Everybody's going to have to make adjustments. And then hopefully in 2022, we can get late 2021. We can get back on the normal schedule that everybody wants to play on. But dude, take one for the team. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry that winning a championship was so hard. And then the start of the next season is going to be tough. You worried about the Lakers not making the playoffs? Shut up. Was. Hi, my name is Jack. I'm 11. Mercado, what is your favorite inning? Hey, Jack. I would have to say my favorite inning is probably the first inning. That was a legitimate segment that plays before Cle Cleveland Indian games where kids ask uh, Oscar Mercado stupid questions. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, the Indians are so strapped for money that they intend to trade all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor by opening day. Lindor is projected to earn $21 million this season, his final year, before becoming a free agent. Factoring COVID when you answer this next question, could the Indians be the first crack in a leaky overall MLB payroll? They could be the first crack in a leaky sports payroll. I don't know how much money that the NFL is going to lose this season by not having fans across the league. The NBA, we just talked about it. The reason they're starting in December is a money issue. The the visible uh, comments from what we're hearing from Cleveland kind of makes sense, but we know that there's going to be lost revenue. The other one that's going to be very interesting to see is what happens with college sports, because right now we already have two Pac-12 games that have been canceled for this week. Who knows what that is going to happen throughout the rest of the season here. You're looking at teams like Houston that had five games canceled early on. A lot of these schools, not just their football teams, but other sports rely on it. College basketball, if they can't have fans for the NCAA double-A tournament if they can't have it again if they miss two of them it's it's a crack in sports overall not just in baseball um, but baseball I think can be uh, pretty dramatically affected by it all right time for my favorite story of the week and this one comes from Texas we got Texas bring it on headline eight-year-old from Texas wins first in kids category for best mullet in the U.S. Nice. What's the steepest competition? Who is in second? An eight-year-old in Texas can now say he has the best mullet in the U.S. after winning first place in the kids' division. That's right, kids' division. How old does that go? Do they have a teen division? Uh, 
I I don't have that information. Ah, come on, I need more info. He won about the this. kids division in the 2020 Kids Mullet Championships, which was part of the USA Mullet Championships. Is now, it a worldwide? There is a USA. Now I'm I'm sure there is a worldwide. Oh, he's gonna have a tough time against Canada. Everybody plays hockey up there. I think the mullet required. Well, and I was going to uh, put a um, don't want to be racially insensitive warning here. <laughs> Because we could start guessing oh, I, which country has the best mullet. Uh, I'm going to say hockey playing countries. So we'll really? Go, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, where else do you see mullets in the wild other than on the pond? I would think like Finland. You yeah, might see that, some weird like Scandinavian mullets. That's a rock solid hockey country. <laughs> Got plenty of Finns uh, skating on ice up there, brother. Jax, that's the kid, oh. took... <laughs> Tacoma, five hundred dollar prize. Five hundred bucks is all he got for winning the nationwide. Uh, he also did win a gift card package for his curly mullet. <laughs> gift card package. I'm pulling up the top ten for the mullet competition. I got to see this jacks. Uh, he beat out one hundred other uh, hairy competitors. Uh, and uh, this is what a representative. Harry. Because there are, in fact, representatives of the USA uh, Mullet Championship said, quote, during these tough times, it's important to have fun. That's exactly what 2020 needed. Pulled up the uh, the story on the AOL.com because I looked at a couple other sites that I could have pulled up the mullet story, but I felt that that was perfect for AOL.com. Mm. And I will say that the first picture on here, not just hockey, but Dallas hockey. There's a guy mm. wearing a Dallas Stars jersey. Uh, blonde mullet, nice red beard. Uh, the runner-up was a seven-year-old Jude from Colorado uh, who has Colorado. a mullet that is dyed. And uh. it is uh, dyed in a uh, kind of burnt auburn sunset, which is kind of cool. Burnt auburn sunset. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is not what I expected from the, uh, the mullet slideshow that I hoped for. Oh, there's a Billy Ray Cyrus throwback mullet. You know, he doesn't have a mullet now, but he has, like, some weird, like, posh. Uh, he, he has, like, a weird, posh, old man country hair look now. Like, huh. he has really long hair, but it's, like, all straight. Weird. It looks like Jennifer Aniston's hair, but, like, on a guy. He's got the Rachel? Well, not quite the Rachel, but, like, it's a long Rachel. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I miss uh, the Jerry Cur Curl mullet. Um, hmm. I, I can't remember the guy's name. Lionel Richie had one, but yeah. the uh, the guy that plays the antagonist in Coming to America is I can oh, picture yeah. him sitting on uh, the couch in Queens, just yeah. kind of hanging out with uh, what was the fake McDonald's restaurant owner, <laughs> McDougal's or whatever it was. <laughs> I can't remember. McDougal's. What wasn't it? What was the? It was something like that. Cha. Can I get a large order of chicken tuffets? <laughs> Don't you remember that? It was like, it was not McDonald's, but it was like close. I'll also take a large Mac. Uh, let's see. Let me, I got to pull it up here. And medium potato <laughs> strings. Uh, yeah, there you go. It says right there when I typed in an auto-filled fake McDonald's and it said incoming McDowell's. It was McDowell's. <laughs> it was. Do you not remember this movie? How many times have you seen I don't remember America? McDowell's. Yeah, McDowell's. They worked at McDowell's. You wanted to have the job working in, you know, the, the normal American uh, fast food restaurant. And, and yeah, that's great. McDowell's. It's close with McDougal's. 
All right. Well, I, I couldn't find the pictures of the kid that won, but uh, I will continue for to the look kids. For it's a joyous meal. <laughs> the joyous meal. <laughs> yeah, they were like the tartan pattern, the the Scottish old McDowell's. Uh, all right, uh, that's your good versus evil. It's brought to you by Eight O Eight Hawaiian Restaurant. Uh, their food is good. You should eat it. It's uh, available for takeout or to go uh, or delivery. Takeout and to go are the same thing. Or delivery, just go to ate-oh-ate.com. Check out menus, hours, locations, um, and delivery options. Hour two, we will tell you what will happen so you don't have to watch Oregon Stanford, but you'll still want to. Uh, We will get into a little bit more NFL. Uh, There is a possible trademark of interest in the NFL, um, and then maybe we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk a little NBA. We'll see. It's hour two, Center and Saint, right here on 1080 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.